You're listening to DraftKings Network. Got it. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) We're so put together. This is us trying to do happy birthday. Um, (laughs) Okay. You want me to count you down like Allison does? Yeah, but the good news also is to remember that we aren't live. So if we mess up, you can just give her stuff to fix for us. Yeah. All right. Let me. Okay. Here we go. Too many men. Um, Gotta get serious. Okay. Three, two, one. Welcome back to Too Many Men, folks. We've got Shayna Goldman here. Shayna, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. We do not have Allison Lucan here because we fired her. I'm, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, she is in Winnipeg, as loyal followers would know, because she is with the Kraken. And I don't know what's going on. <laughs> She's crushing it with the Kraken. Yes. And she'll be back with us soon, very, very soon, because we cannot live without her. And our intros are already lacking. Um, <laughs> we should much like the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, there you go. Nice transition there. Listen, I hate, to be, <laughs> I hate to be one of those people that's like, look at what Jack Eichel's done. Like, nothing, like I hate to blame it on one person, but I kind of am <laughs> moving cynically to that situation, right? I mean, like, it's hard to not see how he's cursed. Like, he has to be cursed at this point. There's, like, I like him. I want to see him do well. And I also keep in mind, like, he had neck surgery. He didn't play for a while. And it's not Mm -hmm. like he played poorly. Mm -hmm. But, like, dude, you're cursed. Right. I think there's a lot of hype around this situation. And you're right. We have to take into consideration the fact that he had gotten a surgery that had never been done in the NHL before. And as much as he wanted to, he wanted to play the... Um, he wanted to be there for the all-star game and wanted to do all this stuff. But as much as he wanted to, sometimes you've got to get back up to speed. It was a few months before he had played. So it's not really all on him, but it's He's kind of funny. Whose fault is it more? Because there's two ways to look at it. Is it Jack Eichel's curse or is this karma for the Golden Knights for like how they've treated their goaltenders? Like you look at the Leonard situation, bringing him in. Flurry got stabbed with a sword mm. because of it. Then they got rid of Flurry, and that was obviously super controversial. And now everything that's been going on since, like, is just their karma biting them in the ass, or is it Jack Eichel's? It's funny because that was like the, oh, the Golden Knights are the best team in the world, letting Eichel do this surgery, and then they told Leonard he should hold off on his surgery for a while. So that seems like a little bit of bad karma to me, honestly. I'm not a big believer in either of those in karma in any way, but maybe I should be because that sort of played out funnily. Like funnily, is that a word? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, like their cap circumvention and everything else. And like, I guess you could look at it and be like, well, why not the lightning? But it does feel like just the way they treated people that it's like maybe and you were like they were the misfits they were the ones that collected everybody's trash that nobody wanted that that was like their whole thing I feel like the vibe of that of that is completely gone because now it's like 
you could be traded in 4.2 seconds for the next great player who's going to cost $10 million. Doesn't matter who you are. And I get it. It's a business, but it's like, is that the way you want to go about things? Right. And it's like, they'd always say the cap, they'd figure out the cap. They'd figure out the cap after every move. And it seems like they're doing that and they are figuring it out in a way that isn't very nice to the people that they asked a lot out of. So it's like, when you look at these two, the Kraken and the Golden Knights, it's like nobody expected this out of Vegas because you kind of have to do some shitty things or you kind of have to have stupid GMs to get to a point where they did. And it's kind of like a, a mixture of both. Whereas yeah. I guess you look at the Kraken in a better sense, like it's still they did puzzling things, but like GM smartened up and at the same time they weren't just saying, we'll cross this bridge to the, when we come to it, like they had had a plan that was better than going over the cap and effing people over. Yeah. And like, you have to look at it too. Like, do we think the golden Knights thought when they like built this roster, like forget what they said in the media. Sure. They're never going to like cast out in the players. Like I can't imagine they expected that they would have gone to the Stanley cup final in their first year. And yeah. I feel like the Kraken looked at that and was just like, shit, like that's what we're going to have to match up against. Like, because that's, that's the narrative. Like look at what an expansion team can do now. So we have to match that. The narrative was kind of true, though. Like, they didn't have to be that bad, <laughs> but they were. So. I guess it all evens out somewhere in the karma of time. But yeah, if, if two more teams come in, we'll see how that, you know, how the scale is balanced between them. Yeah. Two more teams, five more teams. What is it? Like, uh, then half the teams are going to make the playoffs. I don't agree with that. I, no. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on the seeding? Okay. I don't like how the seating's currently done, but I don't think we should be expanding the we were the decided. <laughs> me and the rest of the commission. <laughs> I don't think the playoff field should be decided. It's an 82 game season. If you want to add playing rounds, like if they said the ninth and eighth seed had to battle it out for the final seed and it's a three game series, like, okay, maybe, but you got to take off time off the regular season then because it's just too much. Yeah. Like it should be shorter as it is, but it just feels like you're watering it down. Like, I don't know. It, it doesn't do it for me. But if you want to redo things, want to like fix what's broken, like the fact that it's like the two and three and sometimes with the wild card seeds, like the seeding can be so funky. Like, why not just if you win your division, you're locked into one, you win the next division, you're locked into two and then have three through eight, just be the next best teams in whatever order and then go one to eight in the playoffs. Yeah, I totally agree. Either that or take off a little bit of the preseason, maybe most of the oh, preseason. One of my favorite stories is um, I there was a former Hurricanes player who I won't name asked me if I was going on the preseason trips. And I was like, nope. And he pointed to Sebastian Ajo and said, neither is he <laughs> like, like mentally. He wasn't there. It's just one of those things. I, I get the need for it. But if you're going to expand the place, don't, first of yeah, all, don't. but you got to you got to cross off the preseason a little bit. But <sighs> whatever they, the playoffs are what they are right now. And it seems like they're so like players have never scored as much as they've scored right now. And that, that makes for a very interest, especially in the East, a very interesting situation between teams. So what do we like, should we go through the East and the West and say what we think? All right, let's start with the East. Okay. Carolina, Boston, who do you got and why? All right. Um, God, this is the biggest coin flip. I think, uh, it honestly all depends on Frederick Anderson. I think if the goaltending's mm-hmm. fine, Carolina has a series, but like I have some concerns if not. And I feel like the Bruins 
oddly might have been underestimated all year because they weren't in the top three Atlantic seeds and they have two good goalies. McAvoy's playing like elite defensive hockey and I like the additions they made at the deadline and then you still like Pashnok online too and Bergeron breaking everything so like I want to give it to the Canes but if Anderson's not back by like game two or three I think it's Boston's I kind of disagree and I've been skeptical of the Canes kind of all season and I will say getting Pashnok back is going to be huge for the Bruins and they did the past few games, but they went zero for 36 on the power play without him. So I think that's kind of huge. It just shows kind of that one man's impact and how good his style is. And also (laughs) the hurricanes though, I am very intrigued by Piotr Kochikov who no, we never, nobody knows if we're pronouncing his name, right. Because he doesn't speak English. So I'm trying to, I was talking to Svechnikov today, just kind of like, how do we pronounce his name? He's like, it's different in English and Russian. And I'm like, all right, well, Piotr, Piotr, <laughs> but they're calling him Coochie. But he, I think, I feel like Rod Brindamore is going to start him tomorrow um, or today, uh, game one. I think Rod <laughs> Brindamore is going to start Coach Epkov game one because I think he's getting Cam Ward vibes. And Brindamore like was that. the captain of the Cam Ward team when the, the original goalie had the flu for two games and Cam had to step in and just ran with it. Um, Kogachekov is getting high praise from all of his teammates and they're all comparing him to Bobrovsky and um, Vasilevsky. And I'm like, you guys, this guy's played three NHL games (laughs) and you guys are doing this. I get the Russian connection, but I guess it's something about the explosiveness and the confidence and the stance. So I'm learning more about that. Um, They all really love him. I, they love Ronta too, but it's just going to be really interesting. Freddie's not going to be ready for game one, but I still think Carolina's going to win. All right, let's move on. I like that. Rangers, Pittsburgh. Okay. Well, I think the Rangers are going to win. Um, I agree. I, th- I think it's going to be close. And I do have a little bit of doubt, like in the Penguins goalies, like I don't think DeSmith is that great. I know he's been playing well. And Tristan Jar, like we don't know how we'll be in the postseason. Like with Pittsburgh, I feel like they're kind of trending in the wrong direction at the, re- like, at the wrong yeah. time. And there's some really good players on there. And I think like an advantage they have is they have this really structured penalty kill and that'll go against the Rangers power play. That's like their biggest weapon. But like, I think that Chesterkin's good enough to steal a series. I think the Rangers have gotten better since the deadline. Are they a great team still like at five on five offensively? No, but they're much better defensively. And I know like everyone can look at their season stats against each other and be like, oh, it's got to be a slam dunk. Like, I still think it's going to be a tough series, but I don't see Chesterkin losing four straight, like four games off the bat to open the playoffs. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, he's been so good and is in heart contention for a reason. And I'm not ready to count him out. And it shows kind of the power of having a goalie like that, what it can do for you. It doesn't have to be the end all be all. So I'm like comparing that. Like, I know I just said with Carolina, it doesn't matter that much who their goalie is, but they're but such a good team in front of their net. It's different. Exactly. Too, you know? Exactly. The Rangers, it, show the power of having a really, really freaking good goalie. Toronto, Tampa, the first round matchup of first round matchups. You go first. I know you um, love Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> Toronto and <in> four. <laughs> Tampa and six. Um, <laughs> I just think we at the athletic voted 
to, I didn't, I voted the Oilers were the most overrated in the first round. And, but overall we voted for Toronto being the most overrated team in the first round. And I just think it's because Toronto media talks about them so much. And that does piss me off. (laughs) I do think it gives me like, it makes me over or undervalue the team too much, but this, I really sat down and thought about this and I'm like, okay, I don't, as much as I like Jack Campbell and his cat, I don't have that much faith in him over Vasilevsky and the Tampa Bay lightning who I don't know how much they have left in them, but I know they have at least a first round win left in them. Right. Yeah. I feel like the same, like, I know if you look at a lot of the numbers from the season, that's what like we did the previews and Dom's model based it off of. And like, there are things that are misleading about their season. Like in the beginning of the year, their underlying numbers when, um, Kucherov missed time and point missed time. Like they were sustaining it on the surface, but you could see there were cracks forming that it was like, this might not hold up. And then mm-hmm. they had that like bad streak pretty recently. You know, the, the Leafs kicked their ass at their, at the beginning of April while they were going mm-hmm. through that, but like they're turning the right direction. Now. I really like a lot of things about their team and like their depth, even though Toronto has really good depth too. So like forwards, I kind of think it's a wash, but I do think it's going to be so important that someone besides Matthews performs. And that's going to be like, the Nylanders I think will help. And if someone mm-hmm. like Mikheyev can be like a weapon. Um, I like Toronto's defense. I know everyone looks at their defense like, oh, it's kind of suspect. Like, I think their defense is good now. I like Tampa's. But like you said, it's it's goaltending. Like, I I don't really see it. Like, against this firepower, Stampo's clicking, Kucherov trending up. You know, Braden Point has been at his best, but I'm sure he will be when the stakes rise. He always is. Like, yeah. I would count Vasilevsky over Campbell and maybe there's a fatigue factor, but I feel like this round Vasilevsky can take them forward. I just, I'm kind of regretful. I don't get to watch this game. Like I think that series is going to be so much fun and so entertaining. Unfortunately (laughs) for Toronto fans, like I know they deserve probably an easier first round draw, but it was that of the Bruins. Neither one is a good matchup for them. Yeah. Like that's, I can't think of like, maybe if they went against the Capitals, they'd be like, all right, slam dunk or Penguins. I think they could handle it. I think it'd be interesting to them Mm -hmm. go against even like the Rangers, but like, I don't know. I look at it with like Tampa and it's like, that's a really tough draw. And I think Florida would have been really like really tough. Yeah. And speaking of tough draws with Florida, it seems like everybody is hammering the Panthers over Washington, which I am too, but I don't think I'm hammering it as hard as everybody else. Like, it's still the playoffs. It's still Ovechkin's probably going to be good to go. Yeah. And the Capitals don't have the goaltending that they once had. And I think that it's obviously comes down to that. And the Panthers could have good Bobrovsky or bad Bobrovsky. Yeah, and you never night too. <laughs> like they have which great goalie are you going to play? Not yeah. which bad goalie do you have to start? So I think. Also, they all, they score 15 goals a night. I don't, except for the last game of the regular season. Yeah. When no one played, that was, yeah, that was something like goaltending for the capital is definitely suspect. And the other thing too, is like, I kind of look at their core and I'm like, are you running out of gas? Like every one of their top players has slowed down that you're like, all right, like the aging core against one of the deepest forward teams in the league. And like, what I really like about the Panthers, besides the fact that I think that they're so exciting, they're the best comeback team. I think that's great. I don't know how that'll hold up, how they'll play. Um, I like all the versatility in their lineup. I like that they have like yeah. five players who can play center just in their top nine, that if the lines don't click, they they can switch it to anything. And mm. like, do I think Sherratt Uyghur is ideal? No, but it does look like Ekblad's going to be back and their numbers kind of slipped without him, but not so much to the point where you're like, you need one player to make or break thing. Like 
Barkov yeah. Barkov is playing out of this world. Ekblad with Uyghur is great because then the rest of the defense gets slotted appropriately. And I'm really curious if they keep the five forward power play when Ekblad comes back because they lost him. They got Drew. So it's like, who do you take off that unit? Like, I hope they keep that. So I pick them, but like, I don't think it's going to be a slam dunk series. Like, I don't think they're going to sweep them. That would be crazy. I think that's a great point though. Just kind of how high power their offense is and how they do have that five forward power play. I I think that's cool. I think it takes one trendsetter to change the game, right? It's such a copycat league that they maybe we'll see more five forward. What do you think about that? Five forward power play. You love it. Yeah. So So guys that score be on the power play. Exactly. Yeah. And it took them a minute to figure it out because they wanted to figure out who was better on what side between Drew and Huberto, but that was just kind of getting to know a new player. But Barkov is so good at the point. He can get back. He has a foot speed. He can hold the blue line better than most. He does it even strength and he's been doing it on the power play. And so I was interested at this and I looked at it literally this morning. They have a higher, they spend a higher percentage time in the offensive zone since the deadline when they primarily run with a five power play, uh, five forward unit versus before it's like 68% to like 71. So like you would probably expect that when they have five forwards, they're not sustaining zone time as well, because it's not a defenseman holding the blue line, but that's not the case. So I think it's great. Interesting. Oh God. Love the stats. All right. Let's get to the West. <laughs> Just thank you. You make the podcast overall per 60 smarts. Thank you. And I haven't even said fuck. That's the only, well, now I did, but that was the only per 60 I have today. Hey, what is your shirt? Buffalo, New York. Um, yeah. It's every time I die. Oh my God. I love that band. It's the band. Yeah, they're a band. Are we we screamo here? I I mean, they're hardcore, but they broke up. So now, now we wear it and we're, we're very somber. Are we punk rock screamo fans together? And we didn't even know that. Yes. Well, I hope that our first actual meeting in real life, we've never met in real life, I know. is actually at a concert instead of the it's draft. Gonna, it's, Maybe yeah, it's going to be at the draft, but unless like a miraculous thing happens before then, imagine like we just like don't know there's like a show in like the middle of New York and North Carolina and we both appear at it and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> mosh. All right. Speaking of moshing and metal, let's go to the Yeehaw west playoff i don't know what okay five four three two one no that has to stay we can't cut that that has to stay we will not cut anything so we can show allison's true value i know seriously her expected value is rising hello hello it brings me no pleasure to report that when i referenced the yeehaw series of the playoffs being the dallas stars versus the calgary flames I accidentally left off the Nashville Predators. Um, I would like to explain that I got caught up in the yee-haw of it all and that I think Nashville first flames would actually be the most yee-haw setup of the postseason. And I am very regretful that we will not get this playoff matchup and I'm almost inconsolable one would say so it is kind of funny that they still ended up playing a slightly yeehaw team in the Dallas Stars and that is all my comments I will have no further comment at this time yeehaw
that, but he said they were going to be the Cowboys and they were the Cowboys of the North prevailed. And now they have a series, which I am looking forward to, but it's no, I think they're going to win it in five. What do you think? Yeah, I, we, so we literally wrote the preview today and I had the pleasure of writing the stars part. And I, I like had all this fun with their first line, one of the best fourth lines in the playoff, first lines in the playoff. And then you look at everything else and you're like, Jane Ben's declining. Tyler Sagan doesn't have it this year. Radulov does not know how to score goals. He has four goals this year in 70 something games. You should have 10 more and can't do it. And the third line, their shutdown line, there's zero offense when they're on the ice. Zero. And like, I get that's what you want, but it's a defensive shell. They get outscored like seven to 16. Then it's like, this isn't good. Like high skinning could be an X factor. I think Ottinger is very good, but like the flames are good top to bottom in every which way. So they're so good. It does feel like if any series could be upset, it would be this one though. No, what? <laughs> yeah, I think if there's gonna like, what other series do you look at? Like a not not a coin flip series like Kings. Boston Carolina. Oh yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. That one definitely. We'll get to that though. Yeah. Okay, so your thoughts on the stars and the flames? Um, no thoughts. Just yeehaw. <laughs> I I think the flames are gonna win in four or five. Like I just think like. Usually my brain pushes back when I think about, oh, like, you know how fickle the playoffs can be, right? But I do think the Flames got this one. I think they're really, really good and they, they've gotten respect, but they've gotten, they've heated up as the Flames, if you will, with Goudreau and Kachuk. They're coming into their own and I love to see a bounce back season from Goudreau. Like, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing and they're, they just got it. Like, Lucic said he's played some of the most fun games of his career with the flames right now. And that means a lot. Like, yeah, he's had <laughs> he a lot was on of that 2011 yeah. Bruins team that I love. That was pretty fun to me. So when he's saying that I got to respect it. Yeah. Flames and four. I like it. I like how bold that is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my only bold take. All right. Colorado, Nashville. What do we think? The predators had a four, nothing lead over the over the Coyotes. All they had to do was win that game and they wouldn't have gotten the Avalanche. And they fucking blew it. And now they have the Avalanche. That is just like... And they lost Soros right before that. Like, whose mm-hmm. dog did David Poyle kick? Like, what did you yeah. do? <laughs> that is... Their top line is very good. They don't have the star power. They don't... Like, the, their bottom six... Uh, their bottom nine, for fuck's sake. Everyone besides Tanner Janot in that bottom nine, I'm like, oh, that's like super suspect. And you know, Yossi is their MVP. I think he's been amazing. I think that they've been super smart with their usage of him. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have to like go for the puck retrievals. Like he just has to focus on offense. Like they've done everything to maximize him. And I think that's really good, but like, he doesn't, he doesn't have the support around him. Like literally besides that top line, no one can bring the puck into the zone with control on offense besides the top line. So Yossi does it. He handles everything. Like and now you don't have UT Sars. You can't even spice it up. Like, I think this is going to be the quickest series. I, uh, yeah, I, I do think they're going to give a little bit more of a push in it than expected. I, I still think Colorado in six. I like that. I would say I'm going to say five because I feel like yeah. a sweep. Yeah. Like there's last year, I know that they happened a lot, but it, they just feel too rare. I, don't know. I agree. All right. Oilers or Kings? I, want to say that I want to predict an upset. I think the Kings are going to win in seven. And I think the Oilers are the most overrated team of this playoffs, just because how many times have we seen 
it's not enough with McDavid. No. They need a goalie and they have, they, unfortunately it's so like Mike Smith, like we don't, we don't know. He can be good for three games. He's not like they, there's, so, it's very obvious that this is the problem, right? You would and, think. And yeah, I just don't see, like as much as McDavid can do, I see these young Kings stars and the young offense that they have kind of pushing through. Cause as Rod Brindamore says, he loves like young rookies coming into the playoffs because they don't know any better. It's kind of like the same that. thing, right? Like they're just going to play like they don't know any better, which can be a good thing. Yeah. I like that. Like, I feel like the thing with the Oilers too, is like, I know like uh, they've gotten better since Woodcroft took over. Like they've improved their play in all three zones, but like mm-hmm. a big reason they have looked better towards the end of the year is Mike Smith playing well. And I think that's the worst thing for them. I think they needed Smith to get hot in the playoffs and not now. And I kind of like, yeah. Exactly. If any goalie is going to get overconfident and screw up, it's Mike Smith because he's going to get out there, start wheeling and dealing that puck. And yes, it works for him. Yes, he's good at it. But how often, especially in the playoffs, have we seen that burn him? And their backup is Koskinen. Like that, they weren't wrong to fire their coach necessarily. I can see why they wanted to, but they didn't bring in a goalie. At the the other additions, Broussard at the deadline, Kulak, that's fine. And then the really interesting matchup is going to be Philip Deneau against McDavid or Dreisaitl and then Kopitar with the other. So it's great that McDavid and Dreisaitl aren't stacked together, but yeah. you have a one-two punch of Deneau yeah. and Kopitar. And you look at what Deneau did in the playoffs last year against Mark fucking Stone and against Austin Matthews. Like, I, I got it. He's so good. And now he's, he's so much better offensively this year. Like, he has that offensive opportunity with Trevor Moore and Victor Arvidsson. Like, I would be very here for an upset. I hope it goes seven games because I think at the very least they can kind of like wear down the Oilers. That makes them prime for elimination around two, if not. And Dustin Brown announced that he's retiring after this playoff run. So that I've been talking to a lot of the guys who were on the 2006 Hurricanes Stanley Cup team. And they've said veterans like that announcing things before the season or just knowing that it's their last season makes them want to play so much harder for these guys. Cause it like these young guys thinking entering the league, thinking it's going to last forever. It, it does feel like that, but it quickly can go away. It kind of gives them, brings them down to earth and gives them mortality. So that, and then my West playoff match to watch Minnesota versus St. Louis. What do we think? I like this one. I I really do. I know like, (laughs) The Blues are better in the regular season against the Wild. The Wild are the better team in a bunch of metrics, so they rate out as the favorites. I love the Blues forward groups. They have three lines of 20 goal scorers. That's so good. They have so much versatility in their lineup, too. I think they're- People defense- forget that. I yeah. forgot that. Yeah, like uh, Ryan O'Reilly was at 19 before the final game, and he scored two, I think, so now he's at 21. This like- year, man. Like, go off everyone. I think it's great. <laughs> go off everyone. Everyone just score goals. That's why also, like, when you see the amazing goalie performances, like Sorokin, Chesterkin, Anderson, like, they're that much more impressive when you think of how yeah. much, like, everyone's scoring. But, like, I don't like the Blues defense at all. Yeah. It's not good. I think that Huso is the much better goalie. And, like, at the end of the year, after Huso was the starter, they started rotating a little more. And like, it could be to keep Bennington fresh and maybe he had a couple good games if they're like, let's give him more. They went two straight, it almost burned him. And it's like, if you look at Bennington for this playoff series and go, you know, 
he's done it before. Maybe we should lean with him. Like you're going to fucking lose so quickly. Yeah. I don't think he's the goalie to play there. Like, I don't think yeah, he's good enough. So I like, I like the wild. I like their goaltending. I think that Eric's neckline is going to be dangerous. Fiala has an actually good teammate to go with. And then you still have Caprice off at the top of the lineup with Zuccarello. Like, I think it's going to be like a six or seven game series, but I like the wild. I totally agree. Wild and six. I can't wait to see Kirill the thrill this postseason. And we have made it to our fuck, Mary kills. And we're going to do one of our favorite things to do vent about narratives. So <laughs> fuck, Mary kill the McDavid versus Matthews narrative of who's better. Cause that makes sense to compare, right? Jack Eichel is bad. That narrative that I've started and single-handedly keep pushing and Kuberdu should win the heart. Um, one of our, one of our dear friends disagrees. So you start fuck, Mary kill. I will marry the Jack Eichel narrative because while I do feel bad for him, I think it's something for him to prove next year. Like you want to tell everyone you're not bad luck. You're not cursed. It's not your fault. And like, you know, you're probably right. Like, mm-hmm go kill it next year. We know that he has the skill to do it. Hopefully like everything is still at the level it should be, but I say like, go off. Um, I will kill the McDavid versus Matthews narrative because I just think sometimes it gets tired. Like they were first overall picks or they're great. And then it's like, who's more valuable. Who's more like, they're both amazing. Let's just watch them both. Like mm-hmm. there are players you can legitimately measure head to head that it makes sense. Like Makar Yossi, like, here you go. Who's the best defenseman in the league? I feel like those disagree. Like those arguments make a little more sense to me. And I know you go like one C versus one C and things like that, but like, I don't know. I hear the arguments and I just feel like they're dumb most of the time that I'm like, they don't even make sense. Um, I will fuck Huberto for heart. I don't think he should be in the heart conversation. Um, he has way too many secondaries is way too much of his scorings on the power play. He is all offense all the time, which is great but he's not very good defensively and that burns him. And when you look at like all situation numbers, you do see he's one of the best passers in the league. When you look at the five on five numbers, he quickly drops off and there's other players who like move up and Barkov's the most viable player in Florida anyway. So it doesn't even matter what Huberto does. So I'll fuck it because at least it adds a little bit of spice to the heart discussion, but do I, do I think he's it? No. We like the spice. I am marrying Jack Eichel is bad because like many marriages, it started off as a joke and became serious. Um, I don't <laughs> actually think he's bad. I don't think he's a leader. Maybe people pointed it. That's I fair. seriously, I'm starting to believe this narrative now. I'm like, it's like I'm getting tricked into this marriage and believing the narrative of my husband now <laughs> that maybe he actually is bad. So We'll leave that at that. I am killing McDavid versus Matthews because I can't stand it anymore. I lose, I'm hemorrhaging brain cells every time <laughs> I think about it because I think they're both good and I don't think we have to compare that. I get wanting to compare Canadian, Canada's best, yeah, the Canadian boys. And first of all, Matthews yeah. is from Arizona. Yep. Let's get that straight. That always makes me feel better about complimenting him. This is our Arizona boy. <laughs> but, I don't think this is like a comparable situation. And every time we try, it just pisses me off. I think it's great that Matthew scored 60 goals. And I think McDavid's on a team with another winger who's very good for him. And I would love, I want McDavid to leave so I can have this conversation would make more sense if he left, but until then we can't. And 
all right, I, I've married and I killed. Now it's time to fuck. Huberto should win the heart. Um, yeah, it adds a little bit of spice. We need that. I think it's great to have, I hate when people get so mad about discussions about awards because I think awards are meant to be discussed. I had like a two hour conversation with one of my friends who is a ref who I said, Kale McCarr should get the Norris. And he said, Yossi. And we just discussed it for hours over the weekend. And that I will not reveal who I'm voting for, but I do think it made me think. And I'm open to and wanting these conversations. So we're going to fuck them because we can't get enough. I like that. All right. Last fuck, Mary Kill. Oilers discourse, <laughs> Leafs discourse, and teams that don't get enough. Why is nobody talking about my team discourse? All you to open it. <laughs> I am going to kill. I, I know I wrote an article with the headline, why is nobody talking about the Carolina Hurricanes this season? But I'm going to kill teams that don't get enough discourse, discourse. Like, <sighs> it is insufferable. Um, no, why is nobody talking about my team? I know I literally <laughs> wrote an article and asked. At least you're acknowledging it though. Like how many fan bases have like little brother syndrome and then they're just like whining about it. And then when you well, point it out to them, they're like, no. The thing, exactly. The thing becomes, it's like, there aren't refs who are against you because nobody's talking about your team. Your the ref probably likes your team because everyone's shutting up about it, right? Like it's not, there's no, no conspiracy or cabal against your team. It isn't like- the fans talking about it. Like, I get why that upsets you. And I, I get your team deserves more respect, which is kind of what I was arguing for with the Canes a few months back. But like, it doesn't mean that it's not that deep. Like, you're not gonna lose the playoffs because people aren't talking about the team. Okay. And I'm going to kill the Oilers. Or we already killed. <laughs> I want to kill. I want to kill, kill all the discourse. All. What did I say? I made this fuck Mary kill, and now I'm regretting it because I want to kill all of this. Um, oh my god! I'm gonna marry the Leafs discourse because I can guarantee that win, lose, draw, no matter what, we're still gonna be talking about the Leafs. You know what? No, I'm actually gonna. Okay, <laughs> let me change this. I'm gonna kill the Oilers discourse because all Evander Kane had to fucking do is put up two points and everybody was like, there was controversy. I was, I love Jeff Merrick, but I was listening to his podcast the other day and it was like, there was controversy around the signing of Evander Kane, but he's been good in the past five games. So does that eradicate everything? And there's like good old boys from to Edmonton saying, yeah, that changes everything when it doesn't, but this is so much bigger than this is a domestic abuse trial. This is a, fake vaccination card this is a lot of law breaking and he we all know he scores points that's his appeal that's why he got so much money when he signed with san jose and it's five games of scoring uh, goals does yeah. not change everything about the signing we're killing that shana what do you think i'm, I'm going back like to you for this. um see i was gonna fuck edmonton because i like I truly love how rattled and unhinged people get about the Oilers. Mm -hmm. Like they do. How, They're like, in my <laughs> like how pissy they are and things like that. Like that mm -hmm. is gold. But no, like you're hundred percent right on that. And like the discourse that went on about Kane and like 
when what McDavid said about him or what other people said about him, like it was kind of missing the point in some respects. Like you should want him to say something, but also he's in a weird position and management is the one that should get the blame all along. But if a player is good and they can get you some scoring, all is forgotten when it definitely shouldn't be in this case. And it's funny, like people be like, oh, what did he do? And it's like, if you don't know, like go look. There have been things throughout his entire career. So kill the Oilers discourse because it's, it's too much. It's missing the point all the time. It's very bad. It all fucking sucks. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. I will fuck the rest of the team discourse because sometimes there is a point. So once in a while you can throw them one. Sure. Like there are teams that whine about it consistently for zero reason. And sometimes there's a legitimate reason why people don't pay attention to certain teams because they, you know, like they're not very exciting. They're not very good, or they don't have a very big fan base. So there's only so much you can do for it. Like there's all different reasons mm-hmm. too. I think that sometimes it is nice to be the team that doesn't get noticed. Like you said, from a referee perspective too, or they're the team that no one sees coming. And then when they do win something, it's such a big deal. And like, that is so much better sometimes than the favorite winning all along, because that's who you're expecting. Think of like the blue jackets. Did anybody talk about them the whole year? Unless you covered the team when they beat Tampa. The only thing I'll say about them, they seem to win or lose every game by seven goals. Yeah, which it's, was it's really chaotic. weird. That's all I have to say about that. But Nobody like, talked about them other than that. The year they beat Tampa, like there were so many people who didn't oh. know so many things about them. Yeah. Like the yeah. Rover stuff, I remember it was like that had been talked about all year. If you paid attention yeah. to them for five minutes, you'd know that. But yeah. nobody saw them coming. And then when they did beat Tampa, we all looked at them and we'll still cite that. Look what Columbus did that year. So it's like, yeah. for that, I'll, I'll fuck it. And then the Toronto stuff, I'll marry. Does it annoy the shit out of me? Yes. I like the team itself. I think that they're fun to watch. They're entertaining. Win, lose, whatever it is, they are entertaining to watch. But like, there's there's this, everything affects the Leafs. There's a story for everything. We can right. write, we can talk for an hour about a, a like incremental thing in a game everything's biased against the Leafs it's the Leafs against the world there's so much with it that like as much as I sit there and I'm like oh my god and it's cringeworthy it's fucking entertaining so I'll marry that it's so funny because last week I said Austin Matthews is the greatest um above Patrick Kane to me already the greatest American player of all time and there are a bunch of Leafs fans in my mentions like wait you don't hate us? Rare Sarah Siv W or whatever they say in the mentions these days. I was like, I don't hate the team. I hate you guys. Yeah, it's you like, guys. I hate the fans and I hate the media. I'm objective about the team. I think you guys are just obnoxious. And so, and like when we're pinpointing things about the team, mostly it's that the narratives about them are wrong. Like their yeah. defense is bad or Matthews is bad defensively or this one doesn't care enough. Like that's the bullshit that you go up against. Yeah. But at the end of the day, how bored would we be if we didn't have the Leafs to talk about? You're so right. And they're so consistent. They're always there for us. No matter what, in the dead of the off season, we will be talking about the Maple Leafs. Yeah. So I want a dependable husband like that. <laughs> That's what they are. Safe and dependable, the Leafs. Safe and dependable to get out in the round one, the Leafs. After the first round. I don't know about that. All right. <laughs> um... Thank you guys for staying with us and we will be back all playoffs. So look out for it. (laughs) We need Allison.
if we really do miss you. Okay, well, you know. Bye. Yeah. Bye. I'm recording. I don't even know how to do this better. I got it. She's gonna have a field day with me.